There's probably a lot of pride, and, and the Bible has a lot to say about both things. And so without humility, our success rate at successfully making a difference in the lives of others, a positive difference, is going to be hard. The main verse tonight that we drive this study off of is out of Proverbs 29, verse 23, where the Bible says, A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. And so as we move through this outline tonight, the first question we ask in the outline, okay, what else does the book of Proverbs say about humility? And what else does Proverbs say about pride? Well, let's first think about the definition of pride. It is the opposite of humility. It's arrogance. It's haughtiness. It's swelling. That's where we get the idea of somebody who's puffed up. And what Proverbs does is it gives us choices. It says you can be this or you can be that. You can be this, you can be that. And, and it does that with pride and it does that with humility. And so think about some of these choices. In several of these verses, I'm going to read out of the New Century translation tonight because sometimes we've heard verses a long time in the translation that we always hear them out of. And sometimes when we hear them in a very practical way, um, it, it can be very effective for us. And so one of the choices the Bible sets up is you can have wisdom or you can have dishonor. You can have wisdom or you can have shame. Proverbs 11 verse 2 Pride leads only to shame. It is wise to be humble. Uh, Proverbs 15, verse 33. Respect for the Lord will teach you wisdom. If you want to be honored, you must be humble. Uh, another choice the Bible gives us is the idea of we can be people who receive counsel, people who listen, or we can be people who are having to deal with constant strife, constant problems. For that, we go to Proverbs 13, verse 10. Pride only leads to arguments, but those who take advice are wise. You seen that happen? You get prideful person here colliding with prideful person over here, and when those two come together, it, it, nobody yields. It's a standoff. And when that happens, and see, it happens sometimes at home, and sometimes it happens at church, and sometimes it happens at work, and... The problem is when nobody wants to yield, what's best or what's right is often going to be ignored. Here's a key for us if we want to be better at, at exercising or displaying humility in our lives. Have you ever noticed that we can almost always learn something from just about everybody? Very few people want to hang around with a know-it-all. And if we'll take this mindset that says, you know, this person, I may disagree with them just on almost everything, but there's almost everybody. And we can learn something from everyone. And when we think that way, it'll help us. Bottom line from Proverbs, humility is always good and pride is always bad. The second question in the outline, though, is why is humility such a benefit to living the Christian life? 
Well, the first thing that we've got to think about is God hates the opposite of humility. God hates a prideful spirit. Uh, you remember Proverbs chapter 6 where uh, the Bible opens up in verse 16 of, of that chapter and it says there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. And the very first one out of the gate is haughty eyes or some translations there would say uh, a proud look. The idea that if I'm prideful, that's one of the things that God hates. Proverbs 16 verse 5 says, Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. So, God loves me and God loves you, but God hates my pride. If I'm prideful, God hates that. He loves me, but He hates pride. And so my goal should be to try to eliminate anything from my life that would place a barrier between God and between me. And pride and arrogance, those are barriers. Not always easy. If I'm arrogant, if I'm selfish, one of my big challenges is that I become unteachable. And those of you who are in education, sometimes you run into that student who is, for whatever reason, just unteachable. And sometimes it's pride getting in the way of being able to learn my heart, if I'm unteachable, it's not what it needs for God to be able to impact my life and change me for the better. If I can be in the presence of God in a worship service on a Sunday, if I can be in His presence and I can walk out and in one way or the other not be changed for the better, I may have a pride problem. Because if my heart's what it needs to be anytime I'm in the presence of God, I should walk out a better person. The second thing here about why this is such a big deal to living the Christian life is that humility should prevent or at least mitigate selfishness. Now again, these words are very familiar, so I'm going to read them from the New Century, but Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, When you do things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble. And give more honor to others than to yourselves. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. One self-test. Am I more interested in listening or talking? And I get the big irony there that that's being asked by the preacher, okay? I understand that's, that's kind of ironic. But do I want to listen? Do I want to learn? Or am I always very anxious to be sharing with somebody what I know? I, I've got to let them know what I know. As much as anything in this brief lesson tonight, we're trying to make the case for doing everything we can, and we talk about it a lot, to get the spotlight off of us so that our lives can give glory to God. And, and if we're going to live lives that matter, live lives that make a difference in the life of someone else, the idea of giving glory to God in everything and making sure the light shines on Him is super important. And one of the ways that we do that is by figuring out, okay, how can I be a blessing to someone else rather than just looking for what pleases me? The third thing we want to talk about so we want to ask the question, okay, well, why would God take such a strong stand against pride? Well, for the first part of this, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 7, because what we've got, if I'm prideful, I've got a heart problem. Mark chapter 7 talks about this beginning in verse 21, where the Bible says, For from within... 
that's the heart. Out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed within, from within and defile the man. See, pride is a strong indicator that, that God doesn't have control of my heart yet. And we can say a lot of things about those three verses, but here's the thing that I want us to... Most striking to me is all of the other stuff in this list that surrounds pride. Because sometimes, well, yeah, I'm kind of prideful, but I'm not this and I'm not that. And man, there's this long list of things here that, that some of them we look at and those are pretty bad. And right there in the middle of them all is pride. It's a big deal to God. It's a heart problem. The other thing that I would submit to us uh, is that it is of the world. And, and for that, briefly, 1 John chapter 2. And again, uh, these are words that are familiar to us. See, Jesus won the victory over sin. We know how things end. The, the victory has been won. But the battle that's being waged now is who is going to win the battle for my soul? In other words, I've got a choice to make. Victory's been won, but I still have to choose. And so it's God battling against Satan for the choice that I'm going to make. And pride is one of those things that, are, that is of the world. It's an indicator that, that I haven't allowed, I haven't chosen God yet, if you will. Notice 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the, the, the flesh and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. This is all that is in the world. I can't pick and choose on that. Pride simply isn't from God. And then finally, one of the reasons this is such a big deal, pride doesn't look like Jesus. Do you know any folks where if, if something's going to go wrong out in public, you really don't want to be with them because you know how they're going to react? And it's not always going to be pretty. A number of years ago, there were some of us, we'd go on trips together and we'd go out to eat together and all this. And there was one lady amongst us where if you're out to eat, if you've got a big enough group, somebody's meal is going to be wrong. That's just the, the statistics, the percentages say somebody's food's going to be messed up. Well, if our group was out to eat, you would just say this little silent prayer to yourself, Lord, if anybody's food's going to be messed up tonight, please let it be mine and please just don't let it be hers. Because you knew you were going to want to just crawl under the table before it was all said and done. Because she was going to wear that waiter, that server, just going to wear them out. Probably have a manager over there. Nobody's messing up a meal on purpose. It happens. And the problem when we act that way, it's a pride problem. Here's the thing to remember. Sometimes we'll claim to be, okay, I'm pretty humble except when, and we'll name off our disclaimer. Or, you know, I'm doing pretty good about not being prideful except when, and then we'll, we'll have the disclaimer, the situation where that, you know, we just don't live that way like we should. And See, the problem is, 
are except when moments, they don't define who we are. The, the time where I, I get the meal and I wear out the server and I don't act like a Christian, that doesn't define who I am. The problem is my except when moments are the ones that everybody remembers forever. Those moments that don't look like Jesus. And it's those times when I don't get it right that are going to prevent me from making that difference that needs to be made in the life of somebody else. And in an honest moment, those accept win moments when, oh, well, they did this and that's why I went off. You know, they did this and that's why I'm justified in doing it. Those accept win moments, if I'm very honest with myself, they end up being a lot about me. And they're not humble. And so as we finish up, the question is, how can I develop a more humble attitude? And first, and you've got several Scriptures there, but first, I can remember what God has done for me. And as I'm remembering what God has done for me, the second question I need to be asking myself is, God has done all these things for me, and how much of that did I really deserve? Because the answer is always going to be, I didn't deserve any of the good things that He's done for me, but He's done them, and I'm blessed. It's that whole mentality, I'm I'm just thankful to be in the game because I didn't deserve to get to play. Maybe sometime growing up when you were young, the older kids when you were young let you play with them and they were a little older than you and they let you play and you were just happy to be in the game. You didn't care where they put you. You know, that's how we ought to be with God. I'm just thankful that He gives me an opportunity because I didn't deserve it. I want you to notice... And you can listen as I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Several verses here, but it's powerful. Brothers and sisters, look at what you were when God called you. Not many of you were wise in the way of the world judges wisdom. Not many of you had great influence. Not many of you came from important families. Now, for us, for us today, that verse isn't exactly accurate for us because some of us, we were pretty wise and some of us were very well respected and some of us already had a lot when God got a hold of us. But notice what he goes on to say, verse 27. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose what the world thinks is unimportant and what the world looks down on and thinks is nothing in order to destroy what the world thinks is important. Verse 29. God did this so that no one can brag in His presence. Because of God, you're in Christ Jesus, who's become for us wisdom from God. In Christ, we are put right with God and have been made holy and have been set free from sin. So as the Scripture says, if someone wants to brag, he should brag only about the Lord. And so as Christians, many of us were still prominent. And many of us, we're still influential according to what the world defines. And, and, and that's, so that's how we're living and that's who we are. And one of the problems with being influential is sometimes that causes us to be self-reliant. And sometimes that causes us to go to the mirror and feel pretty confident in who we are on our own. And in those moments, we've got to go right back to this this passage out of 1 Corinthians 1. God did this so that no one can brag in His presence. We're nothing without Him because of God you're in Christ Jesus. 
that's why after thinking about evangelism uh, all weekend as has been done, often it seems like it's most effective with those who've been oppressed and those who don't have much and those who've been humbled by life and trampled down by life because they realize I, I need to find something that I don't have right now. And so if I want to develop a more humble attitude, I need to remember what God has done for me. The second one is just the idea, I need to let go of my life. And for that, I'll give you quickly John chapter 12, two verses from there. John chapter 12, beginning in verse 25. In that chapter, Jesus says, He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. See, the idea of letting go of my life is making a decision about who's going to be in charge, who's going to be in control. Is it going to be me, or am I going to allow it to be God? And and God wants to be in control. God is asked to be in control. A.W. Tozer said this, He said, in every Christian's heart there is a cross and a throne. And the Christian is on the throne until he puts himself on the cross. And if he refuses the cross, he remains on the throne. Perhaps this is at the bottom of the backsliding. And and this is from the quote. And remember Howard, last Sunday night, he, he couched it in terms of the drifting that goes on. Tozer says, perhaps this is at the bottom of the backsliding and worldliness among believers today. We want to be saved, but insist that Christ do all the dying. See, lives that matter begin when God lifts us up. And that can only happen when we humble ourselves before Him. Alex Haley, the author of Roots, had a picture on the wall in his office. Very unusual picture. And the picture in Alex Haley's office was a picture of a turtle sitting on a fence post. And when asked about it, Alex Haley said, you know, any time if there's ever a day when I start patting myself on the back and I start congratulating myself on all the great things that I've done and all the great things that I've accomplished, I look over at that picture on my wall and when I see a turtle sitting on top of a fence post, I'm always reminded that that turtle did not get there by itself. And he said, when I look at that, I'm reminded that I didn't arrive where I am by myself. As for us, the picture doesn't necessarily need to be a turtle sitting on top of a fence post, but the mental image ought to always be Jesus on that cross. Or maybe it's that mental picture of that tomb with the stone rolled away. Again from our text tonight, a man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Either we can seek humility now, And honor God through that. Honor God through living a humble life, a life that can make a difference in somebody else's life. Or we can wait until that day when God will humble us. Sadly, pride will prevent some from being saved. And we've got to always remember that as we're evangelizing and as we're sharing and as we're talking about who Jesus is, we've got to never be arrogant in the way we share Him. Never be arrogant in the way we express what we believe. 
or as we show folks what the Bible says. Nor do we want to be self-promoting with the gifts that God has blessed us with because He has given us gifts. Pride gets in the way. God wants us to be humble. Bradley's going to lead us in the song that's been selected tonight. And the question is, do you need to humble yourself in some way before God denied. It might be in coming to Him in submission, surrendering your life for the very first time, being baptized into Christ for the mission of your sins. That may be the way you need to humble yourself tonight. It may be making a determination that instead of walking into that office tomorrow and being arrogant, then I'm going to walk into that office tomorrow and I'm going to try to look more like Jesus. Maybe you need some prayers tonight from your church family to give you strength in making the decision that I want to make that new start and I want to live in a, a life that looks a lot more like Christ. If we can help you in any way, let that be known while we stand and while we sing. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And He will lift you up.